It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Louisville. 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 Consequence Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and co-host of the podcast Just Between Us. What a coincidence. I'm Gabe S. Dunn. I'm a writer, bisexual icon, wink, and I'm also the co-host of this show. Just Between Us is a variety show where we interview fascinating people, play a ridiculous game called hypotheticals, and talk about things that affect everyone or maybe sometimes just me. We also do a show called Too Long Did Read It, which is a show where we scour the depths of Reddit to find the weirdest, kookiest, most upsetting posts, and then give our opinions. So if you're looking for a new show to check out that goes from silly to serious in the same episode, often multiple times, back and forth (laughs) from each of us, you can check out the Just Between Us feed where we have over 200 episodes waiting just for you. 200 episodes? I know, we've been doing this a long time. And they were very funny. Okay. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series. Of course, I do hope you hit that subscribe button if you like what you see. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover those new ones at all the usual places, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, some of my recent guests have included Dolly Parton, Rufus Wainwright, Gavin Rosdell of Bush, Johnny Marr from The Smiths, Art Alexakis from Everclear, Paul Rogers of Bad Company, I had The Kills, the filmmakers behind Pain Hustler on Netflix and Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV+. We talked with Japanese house Brandon Flowers of The Killers, Chris Shiflett of The Foo Fighters, Liz Fair, Sarah Silverman, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, Felicia Day, Josh Radner, and so much more. That's just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. And that's me, Kyle Merritt. Today, my guests, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Scott Hamilton Kennedy. We're going to be talking about the uh, the new documentary called Shot in the Arm. Now, of course, you know Neil. Of course, he's one of the leading astrophysicists as well as an author. And uh, and we've seen him on TV, Cosmos, uh, Star Talk, uh, even in, in Ice Age and Gravity Falls. Uh, Scott Hamilton Kennedy, a documentarian known for OT Our Town, The Garden, 
Fame High, Food Evolution, Shot in the Arm is his latest documentary. And uh, and what it does, it takes a look at the anti-vax movement, both before, but especially during the COVID outbreak and, and the disinformation that uh, that threatens our future. Uh, Scott is the writer and director of this documentary. He's going to talk about uh, originally working on a piece about the 2019 measles outbreak before transitioning to what was happening in 2020. Uh, and Neil's going to also dig into the social contract we have as a society, or at least we should have with one another. We'll all bat around the idea of a versus mentality that seems to be currently gripping the country, uh, why people are led astray by disinformation, and how history usually has a way of showing us where we need to go. Uh, Neil and Scott's also going to touch on the music of the film uh, from the Wilco song that gives the documentary its title to how David Bowie's space oddity speaks for the bigger themes and hopes. All that and more, let's jump into it. We're talking shot in the arm it's Kyle Meredith with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Scott Hamilton Kennedy. So first off, uh, it's so nice to meet you both on here and uh, and to say what a powerful documentary that Shot on the Arm is. And um, you know, we were joking about the music. Uh, I, I will say as a Wilco fan, as soon as I saw that title, I thought, my God, I hope they got the clearance for that because what a missed opportunity that would be otherwise. We were, we were grateful that Jeff Tweedy saw the film and he he, he really dug it. So yeah, he, he and his team were into it and were honored to have it close the film. I was worried early in the in the editing room. You know, this is so important at the end here, but you know, these music folks can be so persnickety and litigious, lit, litigious, litigious, litigious. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I feel exactly the same way about it. Well, it, it definitely brings it all home. But let's, uh, so the thing about it, I was trying to think of like how I would explain this documentary to someone because it's about the vaccine, but it's also not about the, it's not about the vaccine, right? I mean, this is a documentary about, I guess, the lack of trust. Uh, bigger. It's bigger than vaccine. Right. Yes. Right. I, I'd love to know, you know, the backstory, how you landed, because I, I, you know, at the beginning of it, Scott, we see that, you know, your story sort of starts with looking at measles. When did all that start to change for you? When you knew that this documentary was going to be something else? Sure. Um, I mean, I would have to say that probably what informs every one of my films more than just the pure subject matter, which is obviously extremely important. It's really the wrestling with the human condition, right? Every one of my films is going to be, is, is looking at how difficult it is for us to wake up in the morning and stick to the plan really putting it that simply, like, do, do we stick to the plan of being a decent father, a decent citizen, a good scientist, a good politician, a good teacher, on and on, or do we get distracted by and pulled off the rails by our own baggage, by disinformation, by greed, and all these other things? So that's probably, that's the subtext of all of, of all of my films. And we had that richly in a story about measles and public health and anti-vaxxers and disinformation just in the measles contra- the, the measles outbreaks of 2019 and it just got more complicated and more interesting and more heartbreaking and more important when it became a, a covid film but thank you for seeing that the, the covid of it is really a metaphor to get to these deeper conversations about these decisions we make as as people and seeing the the fragility that disinformation and lack of humility and, and even selfishness can cause to um, our not just our human condition, but these foundations of our democracy. And I think it would have been a just fine movie had it only been about measles. Yeah. But yeah, the, the COVID amplified some of that messaging and brought in a whole other 
category of mission for what the documentary needed to accomplish, exploring the social contract we have with each other in civilization. Are you an island or are you a participant in a in a in a society that has to trust others for your own safety? All right. And so yeah, it became a much bigger story to be told. And and you're perceptive to catch. I'm glad it means that the film succeeded in referencing these much deeper problems that persist in this country and around the world. I mean, I think the hardest part for me, at least, was that to relive it, you know, to relive those moments like that, which was also the most important part for me was having to relive that while it was still sort of fresh there because, because so much of this is still ongoing, right? I mean, we're still, this is not like the story is over and when you're making a film that's where, where where the story is still in motion, how much, I mean, does that affect the way that you tell it? Uh, that's a great, that's an interesting question. It's, uh, it's because it's so much a part of the process of being a documentarian. It's sort of, it's sort of like, uh, I guess I'll use a, a surfing or ocean metaphor that you're, it's, you're going to be tossed around and you have to get back on the board and try and find your way again. So I mean, there's a book uh, version of this, which is no book ever gets finished it only comes due that's right that's right it's the same, it's the same, it's the same thing so uh and my metaphor for for documentaries is also the jigsaw puzzle metaphor that it's like having five like thousand piece complicated jigs uh, puzzles all dumped into one box but you don't have any of the pictures so you know there's these amazing amazing beautiful pieces that are going to come together you have to figure out a way to put those together in something that hopefully makes sense and is engaging and entertaining. So um, the it is sometimes exhausting and terrifying to take these turns in a story because you're like, okay, I think I have the story figured out reasonably here for a little while and you get hit with it. But that's the, that's the double-edged joy of, of making a documentary. It is an adaptation of the truth and we have to ride with that truth as where it goes. And we'll be right back right after this. Tell you there, there are a few things cooler than a great pair of cowboy boots. I mean, I'm thinking of some of my favorite movie heroes, uh, like Clint Eastwood in, in Outlaw Josie Wells, or or Kurt Russell as uh, as Wyatt Earp in Tombstone, uh, the Man in Black uh, from Westworld that comes to mind. Ooh, or maybe Jeff Bridges in uh, in True Grit. Uh, I mean, it, nothing is cooler than seeing those cowboy boots walk into the screen. And and I'll tell you. There's no cooler brand of cowboy boots than Tacovas. And the great thing about Tacovas, they're they're bringing this fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward the uh, all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort style and service. Their western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And the boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And Tacovas is Western to the core. They're offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. And if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, then you should put on a pair of Tacovas. And you'll see, they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. 
Tacovas believe in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you're greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Just look up the closest store on Tacovas.com. And if you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Scott Hamilton Kennedy and Neil deGrasse Tyson. The things we're still trying to make sense of, right? Why people think the way they think. Why mm. and and how easy it is. I used to think, you know, I remember, I think it was when uh, President Obama was in office and he was talking about trying to get the internet to more places big, to give people more access to the information. And now I look at that and I go, oh, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Oh. And I say that partially tongue in cheek uh, on that, but... But as you all are telling this story, you know, uh, it's just you have these people that that seem like they just hate being told what to do, whatever it is. And 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 the way science had been politicized, how much of this do you all feel is just I, I don't want to I don't want to take it to ground level here, but but has to do with just versus mentality versus. Yeah. So. Uh, I would say, if I understand your question, you might need to find that for the non-scientists versus what's versus mentality. Uh, the versus mentality, just you know, like um, th- there has to be uh, two sides, right? Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. False, A versus false, B, false equivalence. Yeah, false yeah. Equivalence. A, A, yeah. A versus B, um, or a false dichotomy, right? It's just it's false to even construct it as a versus in the first place. So, um, I would say. We've learned, I've learned empirically, but I think research and education has verified that you can't, if people are deeply entrenched, you just can't tell them they're wrong. That doesn't work. They just dig their heels in more deeply. They're part of a community. It makes sense to them. It makes them feel good. And so you need different tactics. You can't just be an educator facing the chalkboard writing the answers on the board uh, in front of them you have to meet them where they are understand what might be tangled mental pathways between what is true versus what they want to be true Mm -hmm. and navigate that and my role in this because i'm not a medical professional i'm an astrophysicist but i'm also an educator and i was able to bring what I've learned and what I've read and what I understand goes on in in the human mind to the storytelling, uh, the tactics of the storytelling, not the storytelling itself. That's God's expertise, but at what point does the storytelling um, get into you intellectually or emotionally? And can we do that in a way that can maximize impact? So that's, what's really going on there. And 
Yeah, ideally, we wouldn't. This wouldn't even be necessary because <laughs> the school system, K through twelve, K through sixteen, would have classes on critical thinking. Would have classes on statistical interpretation of information so that when you come out the other end you're not duped by people interpreting it for you you understand the role of a scientific consensus and you can make the best decisions you can in the interest of civilization itself and if i can add on a little bit there's a while we want to tell like i said before my definition of a documentary is an adaptation of the truth so it is my adaptation, it's my team's adaptation, including me, but it has to be founded in the truth. That's like not just important, it's it's absolute. Even while my some of my fellow documentarians can fail at that and go towards their bias. While we're going to tell the whole nuanced truth, and it's very interesting to have two sides in, in that, somebody who believes in the scientific method and somebody's fomenting disinformation, that doesn't mean I have a false equivalency of saying that they're equal in terms of their import. They are equal in terms of their, they might be close to equal in terms of their import to me telling a fascinating story, right? That's that's complicated, but they are not equal in terms of who you should believe. And what we try to, what I try to do as a storyteller is let the audience come to their own conclusions, similar to the way that Neil is so brilliant at, at being an educator, let the audience come to making their own decisions about what they're seeing here. And, um, that's, and that way they take ownership of what they decide. Mm -hmm. And it's not because someone is, standing behind them beating them on the head we try. Say, yeah yeah but like from my point of view i at least i i know what i want them what i hope that they take aside because it's it's again that social contract right it's that social contract that it all comes down to but then you have people like wakefield like robert kennedy jr that have become heroes to some people you know that tell them what they want to hear yeah you know and like like that's where I go. I mean, I think there is a a, um, a woman um, who who does kind of change her mind by the end of the film, right? Who comes around uh, by Lynette, the end, yes. like like like. Do you have faith that that's going to happen? Because <laughs> God, I hope so. Right? I hope so. I'm I'm not projecting there. Please. It's uh, so just to get clarity on that. That's Lynette, um, and she is a, uh, a humble, kind mother who has sadly also been led astray by uh, a lot of a lot of disinformation and she doesn't completely change her mind about some of her fears around vaccines some of them are still not necessarily scientifically based but she did change her mind about decency and she changed her mind that she saw Del Bigtree one of the anti-vaxxers that you see through the the course of the film that while she used to believe him when we see her him on her see her on his show that she used to want to believe in what he's saying, that she saw that he revealed to her that he's a blowhard, that he's a used car salesman, that he's selfish. It's all about him, right? And she decided to have Dr. Paul Offit on her podcast to have a conversation, even if they don't agree on everything, to try to have a decent conversation, speak to each other respectfully. And that's a, that is a huge step forward and one that we need desperately right now. And we'll be right back right after this. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. 
Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Scott Hamilton Kennedy and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, so uh, backing all the way up, I was remembering that uh, even starting, of course, with the uh, telling of the Spanish flu. I mean, uh, well beyond the stories told in this documentary here. Uh, I think that's what I come around to a lot because uh, just about with anything going on, you can look back in history and you can see that we've done this so many times over and over and over. And I, I, I don't know if you all experience the same way, but that that ends up being sort of the base frustration. It's like we don't have to argue so much about this. We've already been here and this is how it this is how it goes. No, it's it it was well, it's shocking to see those uh, photographs of people wearing masks. And if you don't wear masks, you're gonna you're gonna go to jail. And then also people denying masks in those images from over a hundred hundred years ago. Um, I mean, how does the the saying go if a history repeats itself and if you don't if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. So there's uh, there was a lot of ways that that felt like the correct opening to the film, and then having one of our main characters, Karen Ernst, make the point of her grand great grandmother dying in the Spanish flu, and she thought that that only happened because there some people believed disinformation back then, and but now she's seen it as almost endemic to what we're dealing with as a society. Um, it's it is it's uh it's 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 hard to not get um saddened by so many elements of this film but it was also important to us to see and it's through the characters that there is also so much hope right there's so many more people that believe in science there's so many more people that believe in decency there's so many more people that believe in the social contract than don't um especially speaking uh, speaking across the island i know we're in a difficult time for talking seeing so many people from the conservative side that are not believing in science and they're going i'm going to call it a transition I don't have an issue with disagreeing with people about the complexities of how to run this country, but I hope we can get back to agreeing about more of the foundational things about what is verifiable truth and what is decency and the importance of the social contract, importance of the social contract, which has always been there across both sides of our our, our, our politics. So I hope we're going through a difficult, I have raising teenagers, hopefully going through a difficult transition period as a country and that we get to the we're going to get to the other side of it and we have before and science has been an important I hope it's only a difficult transition not that you hope it's a difficult transition say, say it again yeah just <laughs> you said i hope it's a difficult transition you mean you hope it's only just a transition thank you it's only a difficult transition we'll get to the other side mm-hmm. yeah that's important to remember right and i try to remember that most of the time it's like whatever we're in is not the finality it's like it is something in motion as as we've said before and uh when i was uh there was um there's that futurist ray kurtzweil which i don't know how much i kind of buy into the i mean do or don't it's interesting to hear about and and even he was saying it's like no no everything we're gonna get past this and i'm like sure okay i'll i'll jump in that boat because that feels good right now that's uh (laughs) (laughs) well science gives us hope i mean neil you can say it better than me is that we have science has always helped us go forward there's just, I mean, my my daughter's seventh grade science teacher said a beautiful thing to a class. She said, please tell me something in your life that doesn't involve science. That's another part of the reset that I'm talking about is that we have a reset about having the humility to say, not cherry pick when we want to believe science, not cherry pick when we want to say, oh, I found a little piece of science that, 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 that goes with my confirmation bias or my cynicism and say, oh, look, these are all the ways that I'm believing in science. 
where's the disconnect when I decide that I don't want to believe in those same systems? And so asking for humility is, 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 is not an easy thing, but we can get there if we agree that we want to move towards decency and get back to trying to see where we're so much more alike than we are different in these questions. That is perfectly said. And again, you all do do that so well. You tell that so well. You also get Bowie in there. He's my yeah. North Star when it comes to music. Uh, and uh, and I didn't think that was the obvious one because we get Space Oddity. And, and, and sure, Neil, we know you from, again, uh, talking about the Cosmos. How did you end up with that song and why? Well, that song came to me naturally uh, through the process of my daughter being involved in a choir that uh, that did a remote version of it. So it was a it was a part of the process. She was she was going to film it. And I filmed her with my smartphone doing it, um, and uh, and it and it was such a such a beautiful song. Uh, Bowie is uh, is clearly uh, we miss him greatly, and is just a musical genius and a poet and so many things an entertainer, a storyteller. Um, that an it, authentic artist, an authentic artist. Well said, and uh, and the themes of the song really started to kind of capture what we were living through and became a beautiful kind of ending to, to the film of saying, how are we, how are we going to go forward? Are you going to hear us logic, right? Are you going to hear us decency? Um, and uh, yeah, it's given me goosebumps remembering and then uh, that, yeah, it became just a beautiful bed and thank God the, uh, the Bowie estate uh, saw the film and, and loved it and wanted it to be in the film. So we uh, are grateful that it's in there. Well, I loved it. And uh, again, uh, congratulations, guys. I, this is an important story that you've told. I'm so grateful that you did it. And I'm so grateful that you both took time to talk about it today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your interest. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And my thanks to Scott and Neil. The new documentary is called Shot in the Arm. Thanks to you, of course, for checking out the episode. Again, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with uh, with all the interviews that I put out. Three brand new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover those new ones at uh, Spotify, at Apple Podcast, at NPR, uh, Consequence, of course, YouTube for the video versions. Anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You get four hours of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You get the best in new music. There are bonus interviews, uh, lots of music news. Uh, one of my recent episodes had the music of uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Bill Withers, Lie in the Family Stone, uh, T-Rex, Lenny Kravitz, Casey Musgraves, Belly, The Clash, the Human League, Fishbone, Laura Meesh, the Avett Brothers, Alanis Morissette, Otis Redding, Patty Griffin, Radiohead, The National, Sade, Jack Antonoff's band, Bleachers, Ben Harper, Tracy Chapman, Iron and Wine, The Black Keys, Sam Phillips, and it had my interview with uh, the duo Laney, L-A-N-Y. Uh, just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern when you listen at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also catch me on the uh, social media sites. The address is always the same, at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, 
How do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Consequence Podcast Network. When you start getting boring, we can get distracted. What's that? It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.